Welcome to the September 30th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily podcast. We cover recent market trends and the biggest stories in Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day. You can count on us being here. This is your host, Space Marine, live from orbit around the supermassive star Beetlejuice. Jumping right into the market analysis. Bitcoin sitting at 66.30 right now in Bitfinex. It climbed a little bit today. It was sitting around $6,600 yesterday. Dropped a little bit below to 6550 and then it went up to 6660 So it's climbing a little bit overall. It was as low as $6,100 about a week ago. So it's climbing a little bit, but this is the way of the Bitcoin market. It's been going kind of up and down and stabilizing towards 6000 actually long term. As for other cryptocurrencies, the most interesting thing going on is Ripple is now over 60 cents again. It hit a high of maybe like almost 70 cents like a couple weeks ago or a week ago when it really rallied a lot. And that rally lost steam, but that rally is regaining steam right now. When the rally started and Ripple went up to 67 cents, it briefly passed Ethereum's market cap. And now that's happened again today for a brief amount of time. As of this uh, show, Ripple's back below Ethereum's market cap, but they're almost neck at neck. Ethereum's at 24 billion 134 million dollars market cap and then ripples at 24 billion 118 million dollars market cap so ripple could pass ethereum anytime now or not but they're very close to each other basically ethereum and ripple are at this moment tied for the number two crypto after a long period of time where ethereum was dominantly and safely the number two crypto so ripple's really moving up in the crypto world and it seems like when ripple rallies all the other cryptos rally that's the general trend Another thing going on similar to this is Stellar has been rising rapidly in the past month or two, and it's at a $4.9 billion market cap, and it's I think it almost passed EOS. It might have passed EOS briefly. I think it did. But EOS is at $5.3 billion right now, so they're almost neck and neck. EOS is number five at $5.3 billion. Stellar's number four, six at $4.9 And they might have a... Stellar might jump EOS. I think it will, because I don't think EOS will be going up relative to Stellar long term. And then another thing I noticed, Tether's at number 8 at $2.8 billion. The price of Tether never changes. It's at parity with the U.S. dollar because Tether's redeemable for U.S. dollars that are held in a bank account. But they've been putting a lot more money in that bank account and generating more USDT, which is Tether. And now it's the number 8 crypto at $2.8 billion. And it seems to be climbing pretty steadily long term because it's a good alternative to using USD where USD is not available. Now for our first story of the day. A Swiss company called Bullion Vault Limited is launching Tiberius coin and there's gonna be a diversity of Tiberius coins and it's basically based on precious metals just like the tether which we just talked about has USD in its reserves Tiberius coin is gonna have precious metals in its reserve and they're plenty of having copper aluminum nickel cobalt tin gold and platinum I guess probably silver too so they're gonna have coins that are tethered to precious metals at parity and they can be redeemed for precious metals this has been tried a lot of times before this is not really a new idea and they even admit that a lot of these past stable coins linked to metals have failed because they weren't really linked to a blockchain or a distributed ledger i disagree i think there's been coins linked to distributed ledgers that have failed and we're going to talk about that it's an interesting idea to have like basically sort of tether type coins for precious metals and then precious metal traders can send gold across the world instantly or silver or platinum, especially copper. Copper is really, really, really heavy and not that worth that much, like relative to its price. Like, of course, any precious metal can be heavy, but copper is like like ten dollars for like a huge amount of it. So, people could trade copper with Tiberius coin. But here's the thing with precious metal coins: why I'm totally skeptical of this. Maybe they're really legitimate and reputable, but there's no way to ensure that there's going to be precious metals in the reserve, and this there's like a live audit all the time. 
And even if there's a live audit, that could be manipulated. Like, you could hire an auditor. They could. That could just lie about it. I don't want to speculate and tarnish their name or anything. But basically, there's no way to guarantee that precious metals are backing a cryptocurrency. And this is why almost all of these coins have failed and have some of them. I'm not sure the exact names, but I know I've seen stories where at least one or two of these sort of precious metal backed cryptocurrencies has failed and ended up in a fraud case because they weren't. It ended up being like a Ponzi scheme where they're paying people out, but they weren't really keeping the metals. Because it's very hard to custodian the metals. It's a lot of money. So if they're going to have a stable coin linked to the price of a precious metal, then where do they get their money from? They're going to have to get their money from something else to like take care of the precious metals like for security, transporting uh, precious metals and such. So really the stable coin should have a value above the market cost of the precious metal, and that's already a problem, but they usually don't. It'll be, probably be a parity, and then where are they going to get all the money to custodian the precious metals? So I don't want to speculate too much, but it's impossible to link a cryptocurrency to a precious metal with 100% trust. Maybe if like a company like Google did it, or like Apple or something, like a huge company with like a trillion dollars, like that could be trustworthy. But if it's a small company, I'd be very skeptical. I don't want to talk down on them, though. So that's enough talking about that. Just be wary of precious metal stable coins and there's a Swiss company launching one. Maybe it'll be good. It probably will be. But that remains to be seen. So now for our next story. Uh, in China, they banned initial coin offerings. They first banned... Well, they probably did it at the same time. They banned trading of Bitcoin for the Chinese yuan, their fiat currency in China. And they banned like basically all Bitcoin and crypto trading after that. They blacklisted like all the crypto sites offshore and also the ones there. But apparently, initial coin offerings are still happening in China. This is an article on Bitcoin News. And they're basically just doing it in secret. Like, it's totally illegal, pretty much. But they're doing over-the-counter transactions, which means, like, peer-to-peer, -peer, basically. And they're using WeChat, which is, like, a Telegram sort of thing. Alipay, and which might be, like, the sort of PayPal, but probably a little better. And then a bank transfers and such. So they're just sending money back and forth peer-to-peer -peer, and maybe they're disguising it as other business deals but people are still launching cryptocurrencies in china because china has a tremendous thirst for cryptocurrency china was the number one cryptocurrency and blockchain and bitcoin hub in the world period before they banned everything so it's like it didn't make any sense because china was like overtaking the whole crypto business and it's a good thing for the rest of the world they banned it because it decentralized crypto because like, china was taking over like 90 percent of like the bitcoin hash rate 90 percent of the trading it, that wasn't looking too good. And Bitcoin's gone up a lot since China banned it, probably because it was able to proliferate to the rest of the world and have fair competition. That might be part of the reason it went up so much in 2017. Because they banned it in maybe September 2017, and then the rally started. That's speculation, though. So I think it's really interesting. When there's a, when there's a will, there's a way. And China's saying they've had success banning initial coin offerings. I'm sure they're busting them all the time, but people are still doing it under the table. I'm sure they're still trading Bitcoin under the table because a lot of Bitcoin mining is still in China. The mining rigs didn't disappear, and they're still adding to them. I think it's still legal to mine Bitcoin, but you can't sell it, but they, they must be selling it. How do you run your business if you don't sell it? So in China, people are just getting around the laws, and this kind of shows how decentralized crypto is. Well, in the sense, cryptos run from by people, individuals, and the technology is decentralized, so there's no single point of failure. So China can't even like shut down Bitcoin if they wanted to. Or even an initial coin offered cryptocurrency that's properly built and decentralized, they can't shut it down, so people are trading them in China right now. And that's really interesting. That just goes to show even if it was banned everywhere, there'd still be like kind of like an underground market for cryptocurrency. So I think cryptocurrency will survive forever, basically, because it's a very useful thing. And even in China, where it's totally banned to have an initial coin offering, they're doing it anyways. And that also... I'm in the United States, and they banned 
initial coin offerings here, pretty much. They say it's legal if they register with the Securities and Exchange Commission, but the SEC is not giving out any uh, approvals, as far as I know. So I think people in the U.S. are probably launching initial coin offerings the same way as they are in China, under the table and secretly. That's speculation, but it's pretty obvious. Now for our next story. Mt. Gox has confirmed that they sold off a bunch of Bitcoin, and I already knew this, and this was kind of like earlier news, but an article just came out on Bitcoin News about this. Earlier on in the year, they sold $230 million of Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, and just to clarify that, when Bitcoin Cash happened in August like 2017, I believe, like everyone that had Bitcoin got an equivalent amount of Bitcoin Cash because it was a fork of Bitcoin at that point. So, uh, Mt. Gox incident happened in like 2013 2014 so every single bitcoin that mount gox had left over because they found like 200,000 bitcoins in a wallet i believe that was from 2011 back when bitcoin was like worth a dollar or something so they found a whole bunch of bitcoins from back then that weren't worth much but then became worth a ton of money basically mount gox lost uh 850,000 bitcoins i believe which was worth like 470 million dollars at the time but then the 200,000 bitcoins they found were worth like over a billion dollars like now so everyone that's lost money in Mt. Gox is going to get repaid and then some, and that's really good news, but they're not going to get repaid fully in Bitcoin. They'll get repay, repaid relative to fiat. They'll get repaid fully and then some. But Mt. Gox uh, tried to seize the market, and they sold it way earlier on in the year when it was much higher, and they said they sold it at Bitcoin at an average price of 8100 and Bitcoin Cash at 1200 uh, I think they sold it even earlier than that, but maybe they kept selling it. I think they sold it when it was over 10000 or maybe even 15000 They sold a bunch the Mt. Gox custodian for the case. But they're saying it averaged $8,100 per Bitcoin, and that's not as good as I thought it was. I thought it was going to be a lot higher than that. But for Bitcoin Cash, that's pretty good. It's like over double what it's worth now. So that helped raise funds to lock in some of the refunds. So that's a good thing, supposedly, unless Bitcoin goes up by the time they refund. They're not even refunding it. It's probably going to take till like 2019 before the refunds hit people's wallets, at least. I think it's February 2019 is when the court's going to be finally reviewing all the refunds. So, who knows, Bitcoin could be way higher than 8100 by then. This could look like a bad move. Regardless, this was part of the reason Bitcoin's price crashed, supposedly. And Mt. Gox's Bitcoins cannot cause the market to crash. But people seeing that Mt. Gox was dumping Bitcoin because they could track the blockchain. They could track the Block Explorer because all Bitcoin transactions are public on the Block Explorer. So, they saw Mt. Gox was dumping and people kind of panicked during a time where there was other panic happening because Bitcoin was dropping anyway. So, that helped accelerate the market dive. So that's all there is to this story, and Mt. Gox people that are still alive. This happened, like, years ago now, so some of the people, unfortunately, aren't even alive anymore, but everyone that's alive that had Mt. Gox coins will get refunded. So that's a good thing, but that's in 2019, hopefully. And they have until October 22nd to submit their claims, and I think it's a really arduous process, and it's not that easy, and I think a lot of people will miss it, so that's unfortunate. But it, if people have the correct info, they will be able to get the coins that they lost, or at least the money relative to what the coins were in 2013. It went up a lot since then, so they lost a lot of money, really, relative to what it could have been. Now for our final story of the day. This is an article on Bitcoin News. It's still early days for crypto in the state of Israel. So this article just explores what's going on in Israel with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Apparently, when Bitcoin rallied a lot in December 2017 and then crashed, like the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange and the associated investors got really frustrated, and that caused big problems for crypto and Bitcoin in Israel. Uh, the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange removed all Bitcoin-related companies, introduced restrictions uh, prohibiting trading of anything re related to crypto, and then despite that, 
there's been stockbrokers adding blockchain to their stock market listings to get people to invest in it because like there's a lack of crypto investments in Israel after what happened in the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange and people are adding blockchain to their name instead of crypto. So that's really frustrating regulators and it shouldn't be. They should be more welcoming. That's what this article is about. And then furthermore, Israeli banks are refusing to accept cryptocurrency related money and that's not much different than the United States. The United States, it's legal for cryptocurrency companies to exist but a lot of banks ban them anyways and banks have the right to ban your bank account for any reason including just being cryptocurrency related. So that's not much different than the United States. Israel banks are not that accepting of cryptocurrency. Maybe they're less accepting than the United States, but that, there's no way to know for sure. It might be just about the same. There's not enough information to know that. And there was one incident where Israel's largest bank, Bank Hapolim, it's spelled H-A-P-O-A-I-L-I-M, they unlawfully blocked a money transfer $195,000 coming from a European cryptocurrency exchange. And they said it was money laundering and terrorism, and that was unsubstantiated. So that really messed up someone's business. And hopefully they got their money back. Because imagine if you withdraw all that money from an exchange, and then it's just like blocked and frozen because they said it's terrorism. That happens in the U.S. too. And the Israeli government has acknowledged that cryptocurrency and Bitcoin is a taxable asset. And uh, people are allowed to purchase like gold and real estate and even use it as money in Israel. And... It seems that cryptocurrency and Bitcoin will be very important in Israel in the future, but the government's not convinced yet. I think overall, the Israel and the United States, it's not much of a difference. Like, the United States government isn't that accepting of Bitcoin and crypto either, so I wouldn't look down on Israel and saying they're worse than the U.S. They're probably about the same. They have similar ideology when it comes to business. One positive thing is Bitmain actually has a pretty large uh, center in Israel for the development of artificial intelligence and blockchain and crypto mining technology. And... They're adding employees all the time. That center's going really well in Israel, and obviously it's legal to do that. So Israel is open for businesses like Bitmain to launch like big centers for crypto innovation and also artificial intelligence. And that's going to be an interesting combination in the future, artificial intelligence and blockchain. So that's happening right in Israel, and a lot of the greatest technologies in history have come from Israel. So we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully in the future, Israel gives Bitcoin a big lechayim. That's all we have for you today on the September 30th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily podcast. Go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for expert analysis of Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto. If you read BitcoinNews.com all the time, you'll be on the cutting edge and make the best decisions when it comes to crypto, blockchain, and Bitcoin, and be more informed than anyone you know. This is Space Marine signing out, turning on my warp drive. I'll be back tomorrow. Hasta la vista.